You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Modern Adventurer podcast. We're as humans, we all, we all need drive of some description. For some people, it's it's medals. For some people, it's recognition. For some people, it's promotion, pay rise, whatever it be. I'm 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 very much the same. I need that um, that motivation in order to push myself forward. I'm John Horsfall, an adventure athlete who has pursued numerous expeditions around the world. My hope is that on this podcast, we can look to explore the big topics in the world of travel and adventure. This podcast talks to adventurers and explorers around the world who have made remarkable and daring journeys in recent years. From Everest climbers to polar explorers, world record holders from all walks of life. We listen to the crazy stories from their expeditions and tragic losses and sacrifices they have made. My next guest is an endurance athlete. He was the rugby captain of Tunbridge Wells before a horrific neck injury put an end to his career. After turning to the bottle, he has turned his life around and is now competing in ultramarathons around the world, recently completing the Thames Path 100. He is also a former SAS Who Dares Wins finalist I'm delighted to introduce to the show, James Gwinnett. Thank you very much indeed. It's a pleasure to uh, speak to you. Where did your sort of lust for these big endurance races come from? So I, um, my, my background is actually in rugby. Um, I, uh, seven or so years ago, I was uh, playing a relatively decent standard, semi, semi-pro level, very long story cut cut short and I can obviously go into the, the, a few more details along the way but I broke my neck playing the game uh, seven and a bit years ago and as a result of that uh, I was told I couldn't play the play the game any longer and a result of that loss uh, that loss of routine discipline loss of identity I struggled with depression uh, that brought on alcoholism and I went around on a tragic three tragic three year roundabout of 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 drinking myself silly um i had a moment about five years ago where i realized that something needed to to change a a moment of clarity a a light bulb moment call it what you will and i i started attending aa meetings and it was during the so the initial steps of the aa program they 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 talk you through the 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 concept of 
finding your higher, what they call it, your higher power. And it can be family, it can be, if, it, if you're religious, it can be God. It doesn't really matter what that higher power is. The concept is that you give yourself over to something to help you focus on sobriety. And I, I realized quite quickly that what I'd lost from, from rugby was that motivation, that drive to succeed and the routine and health that came, the sort of healthy training program that came with that. So I, I then found myself watching the London Marathon in uh, 21 Sunday morning in 2016 and it hit me boom this I need this this is this is it I need a goal um I find it quite hard to motivate myself unless there is a a tangible goal in sight so we we're as humans we all we all need drive of some description for some people it's it's medals for some people it's recognition for some people it's promotion pay rise whatever it be I'm 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 very much the same I need that um, that motivation in order to push myself forward. And so I signed up for the, the, the London Marathon the following year. I gave myself that, that, that year to, I broke it down and broke myself down into a, a, a sort of very regimented training program, started eating healthily again, started running, but gradually built it up over the course of a year. Ran the London Marathon and my then slightly uh, obsessive, uh, call it uh, addictive, if you like, but slightly obsessive nature. Is then, then thought, well, 26 miles was was okay. I can do that. What am I going to do next? And it's it's grown from from there. 26, 20, 42 kilometers became 50 kilometers, became 100 kilometers, and most recently became 100 miles. So it's that um, constant desire to to find my limits. I'm, I'm fascinated by what the body is able to achieve this I, I call it the a contradiction of human capability so on the one hand having i understand i know having broken my neck that we're very fragile but on the other hand if we push ourselves if we train if we're motivated enough to do something we're capable of achieving incredible things yeah. and that could be climbing everest it could be getting a job promotion it could be it could be sustaining a happy relationship it doesn't matter what that achievement is we are capable of pushing ourselves to the to the limit if we if we are so inclined i'm exactly the same i i need something in the back of my mind to sort of motivate me you know to go to the gym or go for a run otherwise i'm Boy. quite lazy in a sense i i sort of feel i'm lazy i think I think that I mean I think that goes for everyone though I don't think that's just yeah, I'm exactly the same and uh, I read I read a book recently that talked about um, intrinsic or extrinsic motivation yeah. so intrinsic is that just the desire and the satisfaction that comes with achieving something and and um, seven years ago for me it was coming off a rugby field knowing that after a sort of eighty minutes of of bruising encounter against an opposition knowing that i i 'd given everything that I possibly could helped support my teammates played well etc cetera, etc cetera. that gave me an enormous amount of satisfaction nowadays crossing a finish line of a an ultra marathon it's lovely to get a medal at the end but that 's not why I do it it 's so that I can tell myself I have achieved that goal and it comes so I don't know if you've ever heard, there's that uh, US Navy Admiral said, in order to change the world, start by making your bed. Yeah. Do you ever hear that? So it's that, that sense of achievement. The first thing you do in the morning is you set yourself a, a goal, however small it is, you then you accomplish that and you then set yourself another goal. And, yeah. it, and it sparks that chain reaction, if you like, of achieving, accomplishing certain tasks. For me, it's those 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 small tasks are incredibly important of course they are but i love that long-term setting 
in a year's time, I'm going to run 100 miles. Yeah. And breaking that down and, and working towards that gives me that, that, that focus, um, which to, to a certain extent helps me maintain my sobriety, but it's, it's bigger than that. It's, it, it gives me the drive and it, it also gives me the drive in other areas of my life. So to be successful in my career, to have a loving relationship, it, it all feeds into each other. Doing these ultras, mine started when I did a half marathon. And as you say, you do one and then you're like, oh, I could do a little better. Mm. Or, and that, and I suppose people listening are probably wondering, you got started just by doing that one marathon and then that just snowballed further and further. I mean, what's the sort of mindset you go through when you are competing in these ultras? So for, for me, it's not, I, you, the word competing is an interesting one because I am, I'm um, six foot five, I'm 16 stone, I'm not a, a runner in inverted yeah. commas. I'm not built to be a runner. And that's part of the reason that I do it actually is to sort of prove to myself that I can. But I'm never going to be on a podium for, for anything, <laughs> anything yeah. running related, whether it's sprinting or running 100 miles. Um, so I'm very much in what I call the, the compete to complete bracket. And in, in just the motivation for me is just purely getting over the finish line. Doesn't, I, I will set myself a time frame of how quickly I want to achieve that. And, but I won't be devastated if it, for example, I ran 100 miles recently and I said I wanted to do it in 24 hours. If I hadn't have done it in 24 hours, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. I would have still been sat chuffed to have, have actually accomplished the thing. But whether it's, whether it's five kilometers or whether it's 100 miles, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, and especially recently during, during lockdown, the, the, the importance of um, physical fitness and the relationship of that to mental fitness has been, it's just been multiplied a million, a million times, what with um, restrictions of the amount of exercise that we're allowed to do, et cetera, et cetera. And as I say, for me, it's just the, the idea of setting myself a goal, breaking that down, um, working towards it. I, you know, it might be 100 miles, for example, and, and three weeks beforehand, I'll run 50 miles. Five weeks beforehand, I'll run 30 miles. You build up towards it. And then that, that sense of achievement, that satisfaction at crossing the finish line is, 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 is like any, any goal in life. I'd perhaps just take it, to, take it to a slight extreme. Yeah, of course. I mean, most people would probably be just satisfied with the one marathon and be like, oh, I've done that. Okay, great. But of course, most people who probably come on this podcast, they, they always do sort of extraordinary things and always pushing themselves one further. Because, I mean, my sort of recent adventure in 2016 was very much an ultra, but the mindset that you sort of get in your headspace I think is massive and it plays a huge part in how you're framed for that race or that expedition. In terms of, let's say, your last, what, what's your thinking when you are starting? What's your thinking in terms of how you get to the end? Because a lot of pe people doing 100 miles, I did a marathon last year and that was my first official marathon. And you're running and running and running. You're competing. You've got a crowd and they're always cheering you on. But in these ultras, you don't have that. And so you're very much in your own head space. You haven't got someone really cheering you on by the sidelines. So how do you sort of focus your mind to get through that tough part? Because I remember kilometer 39 
And I only had three to go. And I was there like, Jesus, I am, I am struggling here. It's, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, we could talk about this for hours. It's fascinating. The, the, the mindset, and it's very interesting that you, you sort of talk about the, the crowds and the, you know, the, the being spurred on because as you, you're right. When you're running 100 miles along, along the Thames, for example, you don't have people spurring you on at all. Um, it comes back to the, the way that our brains work. Um, and there's a concept that the military used, and, and we can talk about SAS who dares wins and, and the, the mindset that goes into pushing yourselves, to, to pushing myself, wanting to do that and pushing myself to the limit. There's a concept that the military use, whereby when, you're, when you feel that you're tired, when your mind says, I'm tired, your body is actually capable of doing another 60%. So you've, you've, you've only used about a third of what you have in your tank. So the, 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 the concept that you've, 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 you're tired, but you could actually do what you've just done again twice if you push yourself, is I, I find that absolutely incredible. And delve into the, the biology of it all. Uh, there's this state that, that we human beings like being in, biological state called homeostasis. And it's where the, basically the body is in equilibrium. So your immune system's working, your digestive system's working properly, your heart rate's going at the right speed, you're breathing correctly, et cetera, et cetera. And unfortunately, the brain is a bit of a hypochondriac. Uh, if it senses that you're no longer in, you leave that state of homeostasis, the brain tells the body basically to shut down, to avoid the onset of fatigue. Now, fatigue is something that scientists have been studying for years and years and years and years, and they still quite haven't cracked what exactly it is because we as humans don't know what it is. We, we can keep going, as, it's, as, as, we, as, as we're talking about, we can keep going if we continue to push ourselves. But this, the brain, like any other muscle, I suppose, in the body, it can be trained in that if you are able to tell your brain, actually, no, I'm not tired, I can keep going, then you're able to do these incredible, incredible things. And related to that is the, 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 the concept of, of, of simply of, of pacing yourself. So if you can keep your heart rate at a low enough, low enough then there's no reason that you can't run forever, yeah. theoretically. We are, we've been evolved over millions and millions of years into running if terribly, terribly effective running machines. Now, my, mindset is... is, is you mentioned mindset is, is key to the sort of the endurance equation, if you like, because it's in the really sort of dark patches when you're running in the middle of the night and you, you're at mile sort of sixty nine and you've got thirty one miles to go. That kind of yeah. that kind of uh, idea, where you the only thing that is going to get you through is actually telling yourself, I, I I can keep going, I can get through. Now it's a very very simple trick that I use, but and in fact, I found myself laughing to myself. So I met, we, we talked about this um, event I did a couple, of, uh, a couple of weeks ago. 100 miles, 161 kilometers, I think. I can, I can remember laughing to myself after a kilometer. My watch, my sports tracking watch buzzed and said, you've done a, you've done a kilometer. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, only 160 kilometers to go. Um, but rather than thinking, oh God, I've still got 160 kilometers to go. If you can flip that and put a positive spin on it, and, and the, the single word only is incredibly powerful in that, in that context. If you can tell yourself that actually it's less than 
you think it is and and you can sort of put it into put a bit of humor into it and enjoy it it makes it makes all the difference and enjoyment is is the, the sort of final piece of the puzzle i suppose in that five years ago when i first signed up to a marathon i was doing it purely because i needed it i wanted to i needed to run i needed a goal and as, as i mentioned i it was a means for me to stay sober whereas now i run for the the enjoyment of running um but also the test of wanting to know how far i can push my mind and my body and then purely in terms of distance but also in a more of a sort of metaphorical way i think it was a guy called um ned phillips who did a really interesting ted talk on sort of mind over matter and he I think he was a iron man ultra marathon and you know he his sort of goal was to sort of compete in like you know big Ironmans in Hawaii and he said that a lot of people just think that it's to get faster you need to train harder and do this but actually he then said he saw a guy who gave him 50% mental work and 50% physical work and most people just shut him out this guy because he just like he just sounded mental but it was just simple things like count to a thousand while you're running just be you have to just be in the moment and you and if you can just count and actually it's really difficult because you're just concentrated on your next footstep but when you're running and doing these ultras i mean i think with me a lot of the time your mind wanders it goes off left right and center and apparently if you can just keep focused on exactly what is ahead of you and your mind just doesn't wander you can actually go so much further than you can ever expect. That's, that's right. I mean, I would, I would, I don't know. I'd, I'd challenge that and, and say that actually, when you're doing something as long as a marathon or further, your you need your mind needs to be able to wander. I don't know. Yeah. You you can't focus on one thing for four hours. So we're just not capable of doing it. So I, I don't know. I, I would say actually, maybe there's a. But if you train your mind, maybe, maybe that's that's very interesting. I, I. I I'll have to. I'll have to look at that. I don't, I don't know because I'd say, oh, I'm not sure about that. But um, the guy, I'm sure the guy knows what, what he's talking about. I thought about some very odd things while I was running in the middle of the night on two, two, two weeks. I can't even remember what I was thinking about. But uh, but it's an interesting sort of mindset. And it, like when I did mine uh, from Uganda to the Kenyan coast, my mindset was, whatever happens. I'm going to complete it. Yeah. It was that I was that sort of focused. And although, and I sort of look back now and I, I had food poisoning and I had shin splint. I, if, if someone goes, do you want to come for a run tomorrow? I might just go, oh, you know what? I've got a bit of a cold. <laughs> and that's your mindset. And that's exactly how you do. But once you sort of get into it, you know, you can do your mind is so much more powerful than you. Exp- it it is. And there's a very, uh, Related to that, very interesting. When I talk about doing these, I mean, I fully admit that running 100 miles is not everyone's cup of tea. That's it's absolutely fine. But when I I tell people, you know, people say, oh, "What did you do at the weekend?" and I say, "Well, actually, I ran 100 miles." The a very common response is, "Oh, you must be mental." And well, two. Oh, firstly, you must be mental. Second is, oh, I could never do that. Now, the first of those phrases I sort of question because actually I think 
that it is because I'm in my right mind that I'm able to achieve these things and I'm able to tap into my, my mindset, my mental resilience um, in, in order to put one foot in front of the other, etc. It's a turn of phrase. Of course, it's a turn of phrase. I appreciate that. And this, the, the second the second one is a turn of phrase as well. Oh, I could never do that. Well, if you'd have told me five years ago when I was struggling with depression and alcoholism, et cetera, et cetera, that I was in five years' time going to be running 100-mile ultramarathons, I'd have said, guess what? You must be mental. So it just it goes to show that and you know, people say, oh, I'm the, the, the most I could ever run is 12 kilometers. Well, we, as I say, we've, we've evolved into you know, millions of years of evolution has, has made us capable of doing these things. Um, so it's a case of how you see yourself. Do you see yourself as, a, as able to achieve a marathon or an ultramarathon? It doesn't have to be a feat of endurance. It could be from a sort of negativity point of view, if you're telling yourself, I could never do X, Y, and Z, what else are you telling yourself that you couldn't do? Now, as I say, it's, I admit it's a turn of phrase, but are you being, in your mind, are you being negative about your ability to get a promotion at work or a pay rise? Are you being negative? Oh, I could never run an ultramarathon. I could never be happy, be successful, be etc etc now obviously there's a case where do you draw the line but i do think there is a a thought process a negative thought process that runs through a lot of people's heads instantaneously without them necessarily thinking about it whereas if they sit if they just change that ever so slightly and said oh good I, i i would never want to do that i could but i would never want to that is just a a slight difference that might get them thinking about the, the other things in positive manner. Does that make sense? Yeah. So Nike had this great advert, which is on a similar lines of, you know, if you can run a mile, you can run five. If you can run five, you can run a marathon. And it sort of was, I thought at the time, I think it was back in 2013, a really sort of inspiring advert. I mean, I mean, Nike do come out with... And that's their sort of mentality of like inspiring athletes. But yeah, I also think, um, as you said, people get in the sort of negative mindset. I think, I mean, it, it comes down to us as sort of a, I know this is getting, this is getting deep, but it comes down to us as a species, you know, thousands of years ago. I mean, in fact, actually not thousands of years ago. Um, we'll talk about a certain a certain book a little bit later but uh, um, there are tribes in Africa who run after their food yeah. and it's called persistence hunting they run at a certain speed and the, run, the deer runs away or the antelope runs away and then eventually the, the, the antelope gets so tired that it drops down drops down dead whereas a human a human being is able to sustain that that, that running so it's in our ver- it's ingrained in our in our DNA the ability to run now, if someone turns, as you say, if someone turns around to me and says, oh, I could only ever run 20 kilometers. Well, why couldn't you run 21 kilometers? And if you can run 21 kilometers, you can run 30. And if you can run 30, you can definitely run a marathon. And if you can run a marathon, you can run 50K. Where does it stop? That's, that's yeah, the question. It's, it's putting just limitations on us as humans. Exactly. Like, my sort of thinking is anyone can run, a, anyone can do a marathon. It's just about how quick you can yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think most people out there and most people listening can mm-hmm. walk a marathon. It's 26 miles and, you know, it'll be a very long day and your feet will be very tired at the end. Of 
But you'd be able to eat a eat a eat a lot afterwards to make <laughs> yeah, up for the calories. Yeah, you can eat a lot. Yeah. I mean, that was one thing. That's, well, what's one of the main reasons I do this? Yeah, thing? I know you can just eat whatever you want when you do these trips. It's incredible. My watch—I uh, don't know how accurate this is—but my watch two weeks ago told me that I'd burned twenty-five thousand calories doing this uh, <laughs> this hundred miler. That's to say, I'm not sure that's accurate, but it was a good enough excuse to have a, uh, a KFC on the uh, at a service station yeah, on the way home. Probably deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're you, you're right. It's um. It's how we, I mean, I, th- I think it's how we, you know, see ourselves. Do yeah. we see ourselves in, in a positive light? Oh, I am able to achieve ABC, doesn't matter what. Yeah. Or d- is the instantaneous reaction, oh, I could never do that. Uh, and it sort of gets me thinking, yeah. uh, what, uh, what else are we shutting out? It, yeah, it shuts down your thinking. Rather than thinking, I can't do that, think... How can I do yeah. that? It's, it's opening up a sort of discussion in your head, which sort of says, what if? Mm. And I think a lot, as I said, a lot of people have those limitations. And if they can just rewire or rethink, then I think you can um, achieve so much more. You've done these ultras around the world. Where, where have you done them? So I've done uh, one of my... This is more of a sort of lifetime goal. I'll get to it eventually. Uh, is to do a marathon on each continent. R- Ranulph Fines several years ago did seven marathons on seven continents in seven days. I'm, I'm not. I don't think I'll ever get round to that. Although I'll never say never. Uh, I want to be positive. You know, I'm, I'm not ruling it out. But you no, know, just just the ability to take on a, a a marathon on every continent would be a would be a fantastic box ticked. Uh, box ticked. I think. There is an Antarctica, official Antarctica marathon. It costs about £15,000. If anyone wants to sponsor me, I would be... Uh, puck, puck a tease can, uh, can, uh, can sponsor. But I've, I've, I've run the London Marathon. I've run the Paris Marathon. I visited the United States earlier this year and ran a marathon around San Francisco. Not an organized one. I just set off. Um, similarly, I did, some, I did, I did the same in, in, on holiday in Thailand last year. So I've done America. I've done Asia. At some point, I'll get around to the... Uh, South America, Africa, and Australia, Australia, and Australasia, and, and Antarctica, maybe. But yeah, I mean, the most most recent ones, obviously d- during lockdown, have been in UK based. Uh, I was due to in March, as basically as lockdown was being announced, I was due to do um, a, a multi day endurance run uh, with a company called Ultra X in Sri Lanka. Uh, it was covering two hundred and fifty kilometers in five days. Um, through a national park in Sri Lanka, which was supposedly absolutely stunning with elephants wandering around. Um, that was cancelled. So I decided to run the distance. I decided to run the distance anyway in London. So I just plodded around the streets of London for five days and ran 250 kilometers. But I was raising money for the Mental Health Foundation. So uh, it seemed pertinent to to stick to the the, the promise of, of taking on such a challenge, albeit not in... 35 degree heat and 95% humidity on, a, on an island in the Indian Ocean. And I suppose most people um, who maybe recognize your face might recognize you from the Channel 4 yeah. SAS Who Dares Wins. Indeed. Yeah, so I was, I mean, this is a. What made another, you do that? Well, it was another stepping stone, if you like, in the, in the, the challenging my limit limits journey um and i I was i was very fortunate in it It came at a time in in between various other challenges that i had and been taking on and and what was planning to do um and through sort of a 
very long selection process where I did various fitness tests and psychological evaluations and um, interviews to camera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I was I was selected and I flew off in September. Where are we now? 20, September 2018. Uh, spent two weeks halfway up the Andes with Ant Middleton and Co. Being being beasted up and down uh, up and down Chilean mountains in uh, um, minus de- minus ten degree snowstorms at one point and and plus fifteen. I think so it went fluctuated about twenty twenty five degrees in a day at one point. So a lot of it was personal learning, personal admin, and how to take care of ourselves and use the right kit, etc. But the the premise of the special forces i mentioned earlier this this military mindset that you have more in the tank than you than you think you yeah. do um is is what it's all about and it's it's not the being the fastest the fittest the strongest the best it's about getting over the the metaphorical finish line now for the, for the special forces that might be lugging 100 kilos of kit 10 miles over a an Afghanistan mountain range, you know, um, conducting an operation and then lugging it all back. Um, but the concept of getting over that that challenge, pushing your pushing your yourself, the mindset that comes with that, the resilience that re- that is required, and also the discipline. It was a it was a fascinating two weeks. Brilliant, best thing I've ever done. But genuinely learned a hell of a lot from Middleton and and the the directing staff who who took us on this this journey and sort of whittled us down over a, over a course of, of, of two weeks. And there were, I uh, was one of eight that got through to the final day for the, the infamous escape and evasion and interrogation uh, phase where you're starved for 48 hours and then set off and chased by dogs and militia with machine guns and helicopters. And it's all sort of a bit ridiculous, but great fun. Um, and then you're hooded and taken back to base and, and you have to learn this, this story as to who you are and, and sort of resist interrogation while they're playing women screaming in headphones and making you stand in tortuous stress positions. As, uh, as someone who's uh, got a bad neck, uh, that, that's, those stress positions were, uh, were, were pretty hideous. I wouldn't, wouldn't wish them on my worst enemy. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was a f- phenomenal, phenomenal exercise in learning to understand my my capabilities and it wanted it it made me want to push myself further in the endurance athlete uh, endurance event arena um i sort of got back from that uh, thinking right i i can i can last two weeks in the uh, in the andes albeit um only six hours of stress positions and not not 18 like i think the the guys who finally passed did but I can, I can, I can last being made to run up and down mountains three and a half thousand meters above sea level. I can probably, I can probably last a, a few, few long distance running events. So again, it was a case it's of sort well, of, it sort of set you up yeah. for yeah, 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 yeah. what you, um, what you were doing next. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that that was 2018. Um, it aired in 29, uh, early 2019. 2019, I actually I didn't do any specific long distance running events. I just I set myself I actually set myself a year long target of running 2019 miles that year, um, and then I I took on um, say a couple of more focused endurance events earlier this year. Yeah, I suppose um, with a lot of people who do sort of big trips, training is obviously a massive part for you because you. I mean, I follow you on Instagram and I see you sort of 
done 25 miles here, 30 miles there, and you train incredibly hard for these events. Are you? I do, but the beauty of an endurance event is that this might this might sound like an odd thing to say, but fitness is by far the the probably the least important f- component of completing an endurance event. Mindset number one, pacing probably number two, eating enough calories to get you through it. I, mean, I probably didn't burn twenty five thousand calories like my watch said, but I burned a fair few and had to keep keep them coming in order to simply fuel my body. Admin so avoiding wearing the right socks avoiding blisters knowing when to apply i put coconut oil on various areas of my body to prevent chafing i wear wear plasters over my nipples to to prevent uh, to prevent rubbing those kinds of things um you know basic sort of first aid kit and how to manage your body and 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 your your kit sort of change 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 a pair of socks halfway through that so the feet aren't getting too sweaty little things like that probably number four and then fitness right down at the bottom so you imagine a sort of pie pie chart fitness is probably a sort of 10 percent little sliver mindset might be i don't know 40 percent. that's that's half of it divide the divide the other 50 percent up into um fairly equal slivers uh pieces of the pie and 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 that's the sort of components of running an endurance event but my point being that actually fitness yes you've got to be able to run a certain distance but it comes back to the conversation we're having about once you can run a certain distance as long as you have the right mindset pace yourself eat the right things and look after yourself you can run any distance i suppose uh people listening to that before you got onto that would be like oh so anyone can do these <laughs> but no that's the point anyone can yeah i will go back to the point that five years ago i was you know struggling to overcome alcohol addiction and feeling sorry for myself hadn't done any exercise for about three years since being made to quit playing rugby i was no there was no chance in hell i was thinking of running a, a an ultra marathon but with the the right outlook the right mindset and and, and a little bit of a little bit of physical training a little bit of fitness training and anyone can do it I, really I, genuinely i genuinely mean that anyone i i mean i have a confession for my ultras i probably nowhere near enough training but in terms of mind i was just like well it doesn't matter what happens if i can walk i will just get walk ahead and if i can crawl i can crawl Do you know what walking is a very important part of endurance, <laughs> so he used to walk endurance up the hills running. and run down yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a there's a, a a sort of famous ultra marathon adage that if you can't see the top of the hill walk it's, it's, I mean, it's, and that is sort of widely accepted by the uh, ultra marathon community. If you can't see the top of the hill, the hill, walk. Because there's no point spending what is probably only going to be three minutes busting your ass up a hill when you can just sort of take a breather and then run down the other side. In the grand context of of a an event which might be anywhere between sort of ten and thirty hours long three minutes isn't going to make any difference so you and and it and it adds to the enjoyment as well actually sometimes if you if you want to spend a couple of minutes walking um halfway through an endurance uh, an ultra marathon actually you get to sort of appreciate the surroundings and you might end up spending two minutes at an aid station having a chat with someone and and just sort of saying thank you to the supporters it just it all adds to the the um 
the environment it adds to the sort of camaraderie it adds to the the, the whole enjoyment of, of 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 an event like that you, i mean obviously there are some people that are going to run these things in ridiculously quick times and fly through and run for, for, you know, a kilometer every five minutes for non-stop for 15 hours that is absolutely incredible but there's we're talking a minute percentage of 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 a percentage you know minute number of people that are able to do that the the average normal people amongst us is, is just a case of enjoy it walk it crawl it doesn't it doesn't matter get over the finish line and and get that sense sense of satisfaction of having accomplished a task much like making your bed in the morning we ask the same five questions to every guest each week and so my first question to you is on your trips and expeditions what's the one thing you really crave or miss from home I, I mean, I'm a big foodie. I didn't get to being uh, being 16 stone by starving myself. So, starving myself. So uh, probably probably pizza, something like that. And, and again, I mean, I mean this. I mean this very seriously. When you when you've put yourself through 20 plus hours of fairly grim, arduous endeavour and burned x number of calories you've got to replenish it somehow so yeah. enjoy yourself afterwards and uh, uh, and you know if you're sort of eating relatively healthily in the build up to to something like something like this um half of the joy is 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 eating uh, in fact there's another famous um ultra marathon phrase i forget who said it but a famous ultra marathon runner once said that an ultra marathon is not a a running race it's an eating and drinking race with a bit of scenery thrown in um so you, you carb load for two days beforehand you fill yourself with nuts and snacks and sweets and coke and watermelon whatever it is and i've I, I survived about 50 miles the, the last 50 miles of the thames bath 100 on coke and watermelon because my my stomach was doing funny things and but getting the calories on board before during and after is half of the fun what was your favorite adventure book? <laughs> so very recently, um, in relation to running the, the, the Thames Bath 100, I picked up, and I'm sort of a bit late to it, but picked up a copy of Born to Run by uh, an American journalist uh, called Christopher McDougall. And it, it tracks the story of a, a tribe of Mexican um, runners called the uh, uh, Tarahumara, I think they're called. And they are the sort of the world's most naturally gifted runners. They still, they run 30 miles a day in, in sandals just for the pure love of doing it. But it goes into really, really fascinating stories of how we have evolved from chimpanzees and how we've evolved, despite the fact that we are 95% the same as chimpanzees. We've evolved our Achilles tendons and a ligament that runs up the back of our neck has evolved us into running animals as opposed to walking animals. And it also talks about the how basically Nike have ruined us as runners. Um, I don't want it to be dis too disparaging to Nike, but the fact that everyone wears trainers that are highly supportive uh, and cushioned has weakened our our feet and, and legs and ligaments actually sort of talks about the benefits of barefoot running. Now, I, I fully admit I wear a pair of trainers when I run, but I'm very fascinated, very interested in actually lo looking at a, um, a slightly uh, more flimsy pair of, uh, of, of, of running shoes as, uh, as an alternative. Um, and there's a, that's a, a sort of evolution and the, the, the fact that we are naturally ingrained, we have natu running naturally ingrained into us, the fact that there are tribes in Africa who hunt antelope by running after them. 
um, I was reading it out loud to to my girlfriend, and basically I sort of read the book out loud to her because I was so fascinated in it, and she got incredibly frustrated in me and said, shut up, I'll read it myself. But uh, no, I loved it. Really, really great book. Yeah, that was the book I read just before my run in Kenya. And uh, I didn't quite get to the end before my run, but I, I did have barefoot running shoes at the time, which I think anyone who knows me or has seen me absolutely despises them because they look like little frog's legs. Little, yeah, some that look like you've got sort of individual toes. And yeah. they, they look, I, I think they look ridiculous they as do. well. But there are better looking alternatives that I'm delving into and uh, sort of researching at the moment. Um, what was your inspirational figure growing up? <clears throat> I, I don't think we can have one. I can't have one figure. Um, when I was... When I was te- I mean, it's, 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 it's changed throughout my, my childhood and, and, and my, my, my adult, adult life. When I was 10, I had Michael Jordan plastered all over my, uh, my bedroom walls cause, just because of his, his work ethic. He was, and he was the first properly, truly global superstar in, in the sporting field. Um, the Chicago Bulls were winning, winning everything. One, they won three three titles on the bounce and then another three later in, later in the 90s. And he was the sort of the epitome of the hardworking, inspirational athlete. Um, as a rugby player, about the same sort of time, Jonah Lomu was running over the top of, of every opposition, um, in England included. 1995 Rugby World Cup, he, Jonah Lomu decimated England single-handedly. And as an English fan, it was as an 11, 10-year-old English fan, it was pretty, uh, pretty traumatic. But at the same time, it was incredible to watch. Um, fast forward a few years, still on the rugby field, I suppose. Um, 2003 was, was, was obviously a great year for England. We, 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 we're still living it. Um, Martin Johnson was the, um, the talismanic captain. Um, Johnny Wilkinson, again, work ethic of, of, of him was, was, was what brought us home the, the Webb Ellis Cup. Um, fast forward a bit further, and these days it's uh, it's more more those in the individuals in the running community that I mean I look back at the likes of Roger Bannister, who in the fifties achieved something that no one thought was possible in the the four minute mile, and and Elliot Kip, Elliot Kipchoge has has just done something similar for the two hour marathon. So it's those individuals that basically everyone writes off and people say oh it's not possible to do x y and z and those these people go ahead and bloody do it anyway you know like edmund hillary's and you know, no one thought it was possible to climb everest he went and did it and there's a guy called ross edgeley who a couple of years ago swam the entire way well, uh, entire way around britain yeah. everyone said you're, you're absolutely nuts it's not possible well he, he went and did it yeah. five months or something at sea and and he came back with all his, his fingers had fallen off and his tongue had corroded oh. but i mean it, absolutely incredible story um, so I think, yeah, most inspirational figures, it, 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 it changes. But it's something like that four minute mile was at the time, everyone said it is impossible, but now I think something like 30,000 people have done it. Hundreds and thousands of people have done it since as have climbed Everest. And it's that, again, it comes down to mindset. Yeah. If you tell, tell, tell someone it can't be done. The first person to actually think, well, hang on a minute, why can't it be They'll done? They'll just see it as a challenge. It's a trendsetter. And then everyone thinks, well, obviously now it can be done. I'm going to go and do it as well. But there's that, that mental blocker until someone actually goes and proves everyone else wrong. There's that mental blocker in the entire of the rest of society 
Um, whereas, whereas now it's, it's, it's not an easy thing to do, far from it. But as you say, many, many, many people have, have done it since. Another question is favorite quote. Favorite quote. So I read this recently, actually. It was in the, the Born to Run book and it was a, it's an African, um, proverb. proverb, thank you, but attributed to Roger Bannister used it at one point. And it goes, I, I, I hopefully don't misquote it too badly because it's a, a reasonably long one, but it goes something along the lines of, in Africa, every morning a gazelle wakes up and he knows that in order to live, he has to outrun the fastest lion. Meanwhile, in Africa, every morning, a lion wakes up and he knows that in order to eat, he has to outrun the fastest gazelle. Whether you're a gazelle or a lion, when the sun comes up, you better be running. This I, is I such a great quote. I loved it. And I mean, it, it for, you know, for me, it's, it's not just about running. It's about all aspects of life. You know, if you want to succeed, get up and go for it. Don't yeah. tell yourself you can't do it go running and go running could be as you know we talked about job promotions and families and whatever it be but just go and bloody do it don't tell yourself you can't so a lot of people listening are probably keen to go on their big trip or their big endurance race what sort of advice would you give people to get started to get started my advice would be it doesn't matter where you get started uh might seem seem like a bit of a, a naff thing to say but I, I, I started, uh, I gave myself a year to, to train to run a marathon and, and a year is a hell of a long time. You can train for a marathon in three months. Um, so it doesn't matter where you get started, pick a goal, set yourself a training regime or it doesn't, it might be a goal in, in, in a non-athletic um, perspective, but let, let's say a goal in a you know, running goal, set yourself a training pro program, work up to it, be realistic in terms of the, t the time that you need to achieve it. Don't over oversell yourself because then that will only lead to disappointment. Give yourself a nice, reasonable time frame to build up to it. Go and smash it out of the park and give yourself that amazing sense of satisfaction that comes with it and then reassess wh whether you want to do it again or push yourself further. But just starting is is the best way of starting and um yeah I, I completely agree with that and so people listening how can they find you how can they follow you and what are you doing now so i'm on i'm on instagram at james gwinnett g-w-i-n-n-e-t-t -E um i am recovering from running 100 miles two weeks ago um but i'm already setting my sights on going further um i've i'm moving to bath actually shortly and uh, i've found a a run from london to bristol that goes through bath along the various different canals that's 145 miles which is in july next year um so i figure i've run 100 miles what's another 45 um, I'd like to run the Pennine Way, which is 250 odd, something like that, over a course of several days. The length of the Thames has been thrown bandied about. Um, the three peaks from from down from uh, Ben Nevis um, down to uh, down to Snowdon, that's about 400. But we're talking we're talking a bit of planning and uh, a few years down the line for that. But um, the the idea to be sort of build up and just keep going further, keep going further until. Till my body says no, um, or or my mind, but it'll it'll be my body that says no before my mind. Oh yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And 
Thank you so much for uh, coming in and thank you so much for chatting with us today. My absolute pleasure. It's great to talk to uh, to a, uh, a fellow endurance uh, enthusiast and uh, chew the fat. Yeah, yeah, great. Thank you. Pleasure. Join us next time on the Modern Adventurer podcast. I was looking at images of them and you, you ever have that moment where like your heart stops and you know that your life is incomplete until you go to that actual place. And that was my reaction to the Tian Shan. Thank you for listening. You can watch the videos on YouTube now and please tell your friends about the podcast, subscribe and leave a review on iTunes as it makes a huge difference to the show. Thank you and have a great day. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.